your dinner plates ready because it's time for the feed. Starting now in three, two, one. one. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the most hospitable of shows, The Feed! <laughs> I'm the most ghoulish of proprietors, Noah, and I have the most nefarious and spooktacular show planned for you. With Hollow's Eve looming on the horizon, what better a topic than that of a world of evil, of malice, sure to curdle your blood and boil your soup above 102 degrees? I speak, of course, of the realm of... Video games! That's right, today's episode of The Feed is none other than video games! Solo to online, casual to competitive, gloomy to cheerful, the world of video games is expansive and expressive. Within the past few years, what was once a niche and divisive hobby has shattered the glass separating it from the mainstream, with games like Minecraft, Smash Bros, and even more recent titles like Among Us and Fall Guys taking the world by storm. The cultural phenomenon of video games in the past few years has lent itself to the dawn of a new career. Streaming. Blurring the lines between playing video games, watching television, and hanging out with your close friends, streaming has become one of the most popular forms of entertainment in the past few years. You can watch your favorite shows on TV, you can watch your favorite teams on the field, you can watch your favorite artists in concert, so why should games be any different? Patrick is here to go into the reasons streamers do what they do. Gaming has evolved in many ways over the years. From playing against your siblings with 8-bit avatars in your living room, to playing against millions across the planet. And it doesn't stop there. Gaming has become more than just winning and losing. It's becoming a community. A community full of like-minded individuals who get together to share their memories with an escape from the so-called real world. As this community grew, so did the many ways that we can now communicate with other players, including streaming. Streaming has always been huge, but because of the coronavirus, many new streamers have decided to chase their dreams. So I decided to take to the internet and ask real streamers why. Twitch streamer Jamesy said simply, why not? I started streaming because I was playing games anyway, and I thought, why not? Uh, we always have a laugh, me and my friends, so I thought, why not? why not share it, you know? Every single stream I entered always had a positive vibe. They were always willing to chat and answer my questions. I asked Twitch streamer Zeonize why he thinks streaming has become so popular this year. He believes the coronavirus has played a huge factor in the success of streaming and how it has completely changed the way people think about streamers. So a lot of people, older people, think of streamers as like lazy people that don't really do much but just sit in their rooms and play video games nonstop. But if they take the time to really look into a streamer's life, they can see that there's not much different between the streamer and themselves. So if streaming is something you think you'd be interested in doing, there's literally never been a better time to give it a try. Whether it's to make some extra cash or find some new friends, it can be tough to grow your stream with so many others doing the same. But Twitch streamer Blue Force says the key is very simple. Just be nice. Uh, well, it's kind of hard to start out. So the best thing you can do is just be nice to people and allow people to join in. Be kind, friendly, don't be disrespectful to people. Because people like to stay around people who are nice. I'm Patrick for The Feed on NR92. With streaming gaining traction and changing the way both traditional media and video games are consumed, virtual reality is changing the way that video games themselves are played. Virtual reality, or VR for short, 
has been on the cutting edge of gaming since its mainstream introduction with systems like the Oculus Rift. Merging the worlds of real life and gaming into one experience, VR has more applications than ever lately, especially amidst a global pandemic. Why limit your interactions to just voice chat and video calls? Here's Savan to tell us all about VR in a changing and distant world. Virtual reality was created in 1957 by Morton Helig. His multimedia device was called the Sensorama. But virtual reality has come a long way since Morton's Sensorama. People are now visiting incredible virtual worlds from within their own homes. The technology has rapidly advanced, driving the price down, and today, across the world, there are over 171 million active VR users. VR has proven to be a separate medium from both TV and conventional gaming, but not a replacement. It appeals to something else entirely. It excels at allowing people to experience things they normally couldn't. Go to space, fly a jet, go skydiving, mountain climbing, or be on a stage playing a virtual guitar in front of 20,000 people. COVID-19 has presented a new void that VR can uniquely fill. Attendee at last year's Oculus Tech event, Mark Hingley, says VR boomed at the start of the pandemic. Once like kind of lockdown and all that started, I'm pretty sure it's really hard to get a VR headset because they were like, everyone was buying them. Like as weird as it sounds, it's like a way to get out of the house. But VR does one thing so well that cements it as a standalone medium, and that's connecting people. During the pandemic, we have all needed to adjust, and now our main source of contact with our peers is either texting or video chat. Hingley says this has pushed many people to turn to VR for their social interaction needs. You can interact more with your friends, and like, I don't know, it's, it's still like distant, but it's face-to-face -face more than just like a webcam, I guess. Virtual reality allows you to physically interact with your friends as if you were actually with them. One minute you could be sharing a picture at a bar, and the next be stood on top of Mount Everest together. The current most popular title on VR is a game called Phasmophobia, in which your team plays online as paranormal investigators trying to collect evidence of ghosts and spirits. Mark Hingley says he's been too scared to try it, but he will definitely play it soon to get into the Halloween spirit. I'm Savan for The Feed on NR92. While the world of VR is changing the way games are played and interacted with, sometimes the best experience is one that gets back to the basics. What the basics are is constantly up for debate, with the ongoing feud between Sony and Microsoft dividing people on which console is best. This console war, as it's so aptly named, seems to churn out a new system every year or so, leaving many struggling and destitute to keep up with the change. One system, however, has risen to hold a monopoly, being undisputed by many due to both its long-lasting nature and powerful engine, the PC. How does one go about making a PC? Here's Colin to share more. Console gaming has become the more popular source of gaming over the years. However, PC gaming is leading the way. Gaming PC builder Sean Hill says it's the versatility of gaming computers that puts PC gaming ahead of consoles. Like the ability to not have to completely buy a new growth to keep current with what's entering the market, especially with a lot of upgrades and, you know, like VR comes out and you could use your computer from two years ago. You know, like libraries from games will always be on computer, right? Whereas, I mean, you're starting to see consoles starting to mimic the the PC model because it does make more sense. Gaming PC building is becoming more popular as computer technologies advance. However, building your own can be costly. Hill, who has built six gaming PCs, says that building your own will save you money over time. Big upfront cost, which I think scares a lot of people away. But once, you, once you've got like a 
monitor and keyboard like the essentials and it's just a matter of maintaining a tower. It's cheaper than it is buying, you know, eight Xboxes over ten years. Consoles are evolving every day and graphics continue to get better and more realistic. But according to Hill, PC gaming at this point in time is still ahead of the game. Especially with like the newer generation of graphics cards. You know, that's that's upgrading on a yearly basis, which you don't get from your so if you, I mean if you have the budget you can get pretty crazy. Building a gaming PC does take time, money, and lots of effort. But to Hill, it's a feeling of accomplishment that makes it worth it. I don't know. There's like a sense of pride in it. Especially if you do it all by yourself. You know, you take something and then by the end of it, it's like a fully functioning machine that you put together and priced out and budgeted yourself. It's, I don't know, rewarding, I guess, in a sense. Whether you are pro PC gaming or pro console, I think it all comes down to what fits your personal preference and what you can fit into your budget. And at the end of the day, it's all about having fun. I'm Colin G for The Feed on NR92. So say you build a PC and you've got it ready to go. What do you do? What's the next step? For some, it's simply just downloading your favorite classics and jumping into the fray. For others, pushing the limits of what their computer can do is what matters most. In the realm of online gaming, simplicity just doesn't cut it for a select few. They enjoy building something from the ground up, sometimes quite literally. Here's Connor on 4X Games, which aim to do just that. Rome was not built in a day. Well, nowadays, it can be. With online gaming becoming more prevalent than ever, I felt it necessary to explore the rising star that is empire-building strategy games, or, in short, 4X Games. This is a style of game that rewards meticulous thinking, planning multiple steps ahead, exercising moments of real strategic tactics to win over your enemies, or even make alliances with your friends. Stellaris player Arcasta went into detail why the premise behind a 4X game is so enticing to people who like to plan ahead. Uh, the enjoyable part of a 4X is just expanding a small starting whatever you have, a city, a cell or empire, doesn't matter what it is, and then you grow that 50 times the size. The idea behind 4X games is a very simple one at the start, and it boils down to what 4X stands for. Explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate. A player starts off as a lone settlement, city, or star system with nothing, and must use things like economy management, technology research, strategic planning, and even diplomacy with other players in order to grow their settlement into an empire and race to a victory goal of their choosing. That goal could be anything from last empire standing, becoming the most technologically superior, or simply buying out the competition. And a player's means for accomplishing these goals can be just as, if not more, varied. The variety in which a player can play and win is practically infinite, which can lead to a steep learning curve for new players. However, as Arcasta went on to say, that can be a part of the draw for gaming with friends. So you're able to share a ton of tips with each other, you're able to learn alongside each other, um, and use knowledge that you have and they don't to your advantage in a way that can be fun for both parties. So if you're looking for a new challenge with some friends and you've got some time on your hands, you can always try your hand at building your own world, your own empire. Who knows? You might be better at it than you think. This has been Connor for The Feed, here on NR92. While the concept of micromanaging a 4X game might be enough horror for some, like me, others like a more traditional scare. Not just restricted to the big screen, horror as a genre casts its ghastly shadow across multiple mediums. While games such as Five Nights at Freddy's or Slender or Silent Hill make sure to deliver their promise of putting you up close and personal to the terror of the unknown, it's not often you get to be the cause of the fright. Dead by Daylight lets you do just that, 
letting you experience a horror movie from the other side, the side of the killer. Here's Shantae explaining why Dead by Daylight has been making the rounds lately. I'm Shantae for The Feed on NR92. Today we're talking about an online horror game known as Dead by Daylight. This game came out in 2017, but recently introduced multi-level platforms, meaning you can play between consoles, PC, and even the Nintendo Switch. This horror game includes franchises as Halloween, Left 4 Dead, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Saw, Evil Dead, Scream, Stranger Things, and most recently Silent Hill. This game grew in popularity again after the multi-level platform was introduced. YouTubers on the higher end scale getting anywhere from 500,000 to over a million views per video. We talked to Jonathan Dazan, who explained why this game is better online than it would be without that aspect. I much prefer online games because then I get to make fun of people when they're bad. But there's another reason that Mr. Dazan chooses to play these games. With the ability to cross over to different types of gaming, from range to close-up to strategy games, there's lots of reasons to play. He said his favorite characters were Deathslinger and Huntress, and he gave his reasons why. Deathslinger, obviously. But my heart goes out to Huntress because she's my main piece. I've always played, like, kind of FPSs and that kind of stuff, so my I've always relied on aim, so I get to do that with those two characters. None of the other ones have ranged weapons. So, this Halloween, make sure you pick up your own copy of Dead by Daylight so you can relive all of the horror movies you saw as a child. But this time, you can be a part of it. Spooky season is calling, and Dead by Daylight is a great way to answer that call. I'm Shantae, for The Feed, with NR92. Cowboys. Gangsters. Small children running their own island full of talking animals. We've got all that and more right after this. <laughs> Santa, is it Christmas? No, it's The Feed. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Feed. I'm Noah, and while I am no longer as ghoulish as my first introduction would imply, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> we are still exploring the vast and ever-flowing faucet of gaming. From small indie games to towering juggernauts of the AAA world, gaming has reached the masses and has cemented itself as a cultural powerhouse. No longer just restricted to sitting on a couch with your good buds, gaming has skyrocketed with the growing nature of online gaming. In such an online world, people are constantly looking for the next big thing to play with their friends. Whether it be an FPS, a strategy, or a co-op game, many titles are swept under the rug as new games are introduced. However, for Grand Theft Auto V, this is anything but true. Being the second best-selling video game of all time, GTA V has grossed over $6 billion since its launch in 2013, no small part to its robust and ever-changing online mode. Jason is here, talking about why a game nearly a decade old can still stay fresh with its players. Since its creation in 1997, the Grand Theft Auto franchise has seen its fair share of controversy, and has even been accused of glamorizing violence, murder, and has faced controversy over its connection to real-life crimes. For this game, Grand Theft Auto V, some even argued it should have an adult-only rating due to some of the more graphic themes. 
Garrett Tribe, an avid player of the video game series, says it's more of an out-of-sight, out-of-mind type of issue. Well, frankly, I don't see it as a huge problem. Yes, it may be a problem to some people, but I say, hey, if it bothers you, just don't play the game. Then you don't see it, doesn't matter. Despite being released on the previous generation of consoles over seven years ago in 2013, the game is still massively popular among fans of the series. In my opinion, it is that Rockstar, the game company that created the game, has been updating the game ever since it came out. Every week they have new content coming out and new activities for players to do and better ways to make money in the game. With just the online version of the game being a free download to those who buy the upcoming PlayStation 5, Garrett sees this only expanding the fan base of the game series. With the new, um, the new updates that they're bringing out on the PS5, it's going to have a lot more content coming out, a lot of new updates. And frankly, I think that'll bring back some old players as well as some new ones to the game. A lot of people, like I said before, have actually when we played this, uh, sorry, the online mode, and I myself actually have got a lot more hours in the online than the story mode. It's a lot more fun, a lot more things to do, and you can play with friends, which is always great. I'm Jason, for The Feed, on NR92. Saloons. Horses. Fast-paced duels between the good, bad, and potentially ugly, depending on who you ask. It's no wonder the Western genre has been a mainstay for so long. Mostly known for its back catalog of films, the Wild West has its arm in the swinging door of gaming now, with the wildly successful Red Dead Redemption Online. While the first game rode off the coattails of the more widespread and popular Grand Theft Auto 4, the second installation of the franchise has come to its own with its strong online mode. Amy's quick to the draw on why Red Dead Online has risen to fame above its contemporaries. Originally a single-player game, Rockstar's Red Dead Redemption 2 released an online version a year after its original release in 2018. Since then, almost 30 million players have roamed the virtual Wild West. Anthony Allen, who's been playing Red Dead Online since June, says that the biggest appeal is just how unique it is. Western Westerns are obviously pretty big, and it's the only game that I know of where you can have like a cowboy posse with your friends. In the game, Rockstar made sure that there are a lot of activities to keep the players entertained while making them feel like a cowboy in the late 1800s. One way they do this? Rolls. Whether you do it solo or get a posse of friends, there are a bunch of businesses that you can run in order to make money and have a little bit of fun. There's the moonshiner who makes illegal booze, the trader who sells pelts, the collector who finds and sells antiques across the world, the classic western bounty hunter, or Alan's personal favorite, the naturalist. I love cataloging animals. You get to be like a, a scientist. You just run around putting animals to sleep and then taking their blood. If running a business isn't your cup of gin and tonic, then the massive world full of unique characters, story missions, and clothing options is bound to keep you entertained for hours on end. And since Alan has put in 150 hours, he has some advice for new or returning Red Dead Online players. Stick with it and don't play Red Dead Online alone. I have, like like I said, I have like the six days played, and one of those days is all by myself, and I can say that I did not enjoy that period of time as much as the time that I spent with friends. 
So if you feel like rootin', shootin', and tootin', I highly suggest checking out Red Dead Redemption Online. Personally, it is the best Western online game that you can find. I'm Amy for the feed for NR92. While many of the games previously talked about are renowned for their intensity and requirement of focus, some people turn to games as a form of escapism, a way to unwind and relax your brain after a hard day's work, and Animal Crossing is all that and more. From the peaceful music to the friendly nature of every character, it's no wonder why Animal Crossing has garnered such a large fan base. Merrick is here to shed some light on what draws people to Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing is a casual game all about building up a little village and befriending the local villagers. What really separates Animal Crossing from other casual games is the cute art style and the amount of villagers that were made in the game. There are actually more than 300 villagers in the game. Some of these villagers are from previous titles and some are brand new. This has caused some players to want certain villagers in their village. This then brought to life a market in the real world, a market based solely to trading villagers. I had the chance to talk with Mylene Mabuyo, a longtime fan of the series, about the villager markets. People go around basically selling characters that other people want and they ask for a lot of things. Most of the time it's in-game currency and like in-game tickets and stuff like that, but sometimes people even sell those characters for real money. I asked if Mylene had ever done one of these exchanges before, and she said she hadn't because she hadn't played long enough. So then I asked how much time had she spent in the game? In terms of hours right now in the new game, I have I think uh, 235 hours, which seems like a lot, but it's honestly not that much compared to other people. The market is quite an accomplishment, seeing as it's mostly made up by the fan base. Most games that have a working market, like Animal Crossing, are usually made by the developers themselves. So I tip my hat to you Animal Crossing fans. Your time and dedication to the game not only pays off in the game, but in the real world too. I'm Merrick for The Feed on NR92. When it comes to crossover between games and other media, nothing does it quite like anime. From fighting games to real-time strategy, if an anime gets popular, probably has a game. While most view it as barely counting as a form of gaming, anime still holds a heavy hand on the market of mobile gaming. One such popular form is a gotcha game based around erratic randomness and the long-forgotten and possibly forbidden art of accumulating waifus. Basically a hot anime woman. Gotcha games are usually games in name only. However, one game is choosing to stand out in the crowd, lauding its open-ended RPG nature. Scott is here to explain why Genshin Impact isn't just a picture collector. The new free-to-play RPG Genshin Impact released late last month and has been making quite the impact in gacha gaming and online anime communities alike. But why all the hype? Well, Genshin Impact is a first among games in its genre, featuring full open-world exploration and exciting action-driven combat. I chatted about the game with my cousin, Drew Zielsdorf, who it's safe to say is somewhat of an expert on the world of gacha games. He explains the game plays nothing like a traditional gacha and is more like the newest Legend of Zelda title, Breath of the Wild. Honestly, a lot of, a lot of people have been comparing it to Breath of the Wild, but like, 
and a lot of people have been saying they've actually felt more interested in the kind of exploring than they have in Breath of the Wild. Genshin Impact is further unique among games in its category as it is one of the first released beyond mobile. The game is currently available for download on multiple platforms, making it a first of its kind in the world of gacha games. Drew and I got a chance to discuss why this is such a big deal for the game. But it's like, oh, and it's actually on PC or PS4, and like, it's coming to Switch, and like, it's like, oh. Which maybe that's the more revolutionary thing within itself, because most gacha games have been reserved to phones. Yeah, and if you want to play them PC, you have to play them emulators. Yeah. Whereas so this, because of its like multi-platform launch, it's they're all synced, like, you, it's completely cross-play, so it's like, it feels mm, like more connected as well in that way. Genshin Impact also features live instance co-op play with friends, which unlocks when you reach an in-game level of 16. That's about a few days of regular playing. Traditional gacha games have always been online in some capacity, but interacting with friends has always been limited to chat and indirectly helping them with content. Not only are you able to explore a beautiful open world for free, but now you can do it with up to three friends as well. I'm Scott for the feed on NR92. From single player to co-op, solo to online, Console to another slightly different console to PC, the world of gaming is vast. One might say that the expansive and changing nature of the world of games is downright spooky. <laughs> Imagine there's an organ playing right now. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your stay at the feed. Ooh. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Feed. Listen again on NR92 Sunday night at 7.30 or anytime on NR92's SoundCloud.